0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Neuropod. This week, I'm excited to share an open conversation with my friend Byron, who I met in high school. Byron and I are on the same page on a wide variety of issues, which is one reason I'm so happy to share this week's episode. Byron studied cognitive science at USC, but is currently the US creative lead for a company called Soundbox, while he determines his next move on the path of cognitive science. This is part one of an unedited, open conversation regarding Neuralink, advancements in neuroscience, ethics, and philosophical outlooks. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did.
1: Awesome. I've yeah, listened I'm super excited. thousands of hours of them, so I feel like I got my podcast voice ready.
0: Seriously, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, yeah, now it's like so easy, like YouTube, audiobooks, podcasts, like everybody can listen to anything.
1: Yeah, I love the accessibility of it, like it, it, yeah, it could be, I mean, people can see it as like a bad thing, like, oh, anyone can do it now, but like, I was thinking the other day, like, why would it not be considered an amazing thing to just have the accessibility to do something like this? For sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It like progresses, like, like on a fundamental level, it like progresses what humans need to do, which is like take what they've learned and share it with others.
1: Yeah. And that's like the basis of community building and in, in general, and like we're a social species. So this is like the most social thing you can possibly do. And right. it's in that long form format, which like enables you to have like the nuance that actual conversation has. And I think that's the that's that's the stuff. Yeah, seriously.
0: So, I know you just sent this to me and um I talked about it a little bit, which is the uh Tim Art Tim Urban article um with Wait But Why. And I think he talks about how like communication um, at the very beginning of when Like people just had like reptilian brains or there was like animals with reptilian brains and then eventually those evolved into like what humans have today with like more mature mature brains like at the beginning it was literally just about like how do we share what we've learned and like how do we process what we've learned so i'm curious like where your thoughts are with like in terms of communication moving forward when assuming everybody has like a mature brain machine interface
1: <laughs> well yeah i mean like so most i mean organism basically commun- um, manner but one of the main things that makes humans actually special which is probably not what you would expect it to be which is like i think a lot of people would say like tool making or um, like self-awareness like that but a, a lot of that comes from um our language which is like an advanced form of communication um specifically through our syntax which is like interchangeable and we can move things around and have we can hold abstract concepts in our mind Uh, in our working memory, able to translate those outward. So if that is already kind of our strong and what's given us the basis for our social like uh, organization, I can only imagine once we're able to give someone basically this raw thought, which is so much more encapsulating of uh emotion and feeling and how you got there in the first place and it's almost like the you might be able to translate like your um level of authority in the things that you're saying so it's like not you're not just saying like a piece of raw information but you could also maybe translate uh uh, you know like th- this is something that i'm really sure of because it came from all these different backgrounds like i went to school for this or um i i know this to be true because this is what i do in practice so it's like uh i think i, I mean I've, yeah I'm jumping right into it like <laughs> there's like no limit with it is thing to like conceptualize especially if um if you're like, you're a fan of science, like this is happening right now. Like these aren't even, these aren't even like concepts anymore. They're like, they're currently happening. And it's, it's like, it's when, not, not if, um, and then it's also how long, of course, uh, it's going to take, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a strange place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I think, um, what you're saying is like, yeah, really true. Like I, I expect it to happen. And um, yeah, like I think some of the people on the Neuralink team, did you watch the update event? Yeah. Okay. And like at the end, how they did that round the room with everybody and was asking them like what they're most excited for. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool how some of the people were talking about like the flow of communication and, like, the amount that somebody can articulate exactly what they're thinking is going to be so cool because most people, like, including myself, and then even, like, Lex Friedman, in his recent, uh, like, episode, he, he talked about this, too, was, like, yeah, even though we feel like we know a lot about a specific thing, when we talk and try to communicate it to others, it's really difficult to get it, like, concise and organized and then even if we do an excellent job the person on the receiving end of the communication has to be able to like unravel it and Mm -hmm. then it's just there's just like so much information that can be
1: lost just thinking while you're saying that how imagine time is spent in the world right now just in trying to put in these massive like far-flung thoughts and, and concepts and all these things into a linear fashion so that you can get it out somehow. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. We're podcasting. We're, we're just trying to talk with our linear language and then you have to unpack what I'm saying in the back. So like, it. just imagine if this whole thing was just like, Hey, you know, nice to talk to you. Um, here, here's what I'm thinking. And I just look at you and you say, up, oh, yep. Got it. Agreed and like that's it then you're then you can move on it's uh it kind of reminds me of that movie arrival where they just draw those circles and then that that circle like communicates it's like a multi-dimensional piece of information that the other being is able to receive more quickly so that they can like intake more knowledge but um but yeah I mean that would be The, the next step, too, uh, that I like to think of uh, when I'm imagining the applications of it is, so if, if I could translate something as complex as, I mean, even if you start simple, like, let's say before full thoughts are, you can just um, do what the, what they showed in the demonstration just a couple weeks ago, which is they are predicting Uh, both predicting and getting uh, the -hmm. actual data from the pig's motor cortex. So what if you could take that uh, thought, thought of motor data and then it translates that to another mechanism that's outside of your body that would then be able to control something just with your mind. So you could have any type of relay device that could essentially perform any action you can imagine right from your chair. It's like, yeah, it's like a movie. Like uh, you could, you could have a neural link in, and a construction site and you could be controlling a crane on the 80th story of a building to perform precise operations that a human ever do, or you'd have to pay, pay someone like uh, uh, hazard pay to do. And now it's like, the applications are unlimited. And it's like, you, you can actually let your imagination run with it. Just pick a domain and you could find 20 things.
0: Seriously, yeah. I think that's, that's such a good point. And I didn't really even think about in the application that you were talking about. But like you said, there's probably so many that anybody hasn't even thought of yet. And then like, once it's here, then it's like, okay, how do we apply it to the construction industry or aerospace or like healthcare. I mean, yeah, like so many different things. Um, it's, like maybe once, it's
1: Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's, it, it reminds me of um, kind of when Apple handed over the app store to the, con- the community. Uh, it started with a fir- like a couple core applications that had a couple core functions and then once they gave people developers packages and they said, all right, here's basically the parameters you can operate within, mm-hmm. now you have millions of different apps that can do anything. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the magic of it. I think that's, that's what's coming, is it's like, it's the seed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I saw on Twitter today, like Elon... Mentioned how phones and smartwatches. He was making fun of like somebody tweeted that Tesla's are gonna develop, or Tesla the company is gonna help develop a smartwatch for the car, or something like that. And and then Elon tweeted back like, "No, smartwatches and phones are like old technology. Like Neuralinks are the way of the future." And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I guess every everything he said." um just seems so far flung until he's able to make it happen. And so like with Neuralink, I was thinking like, okay, how is this gonna work? And how, how much are they the same? And then it, it kind of went back to like, what I was thinking when I, I had to do some um, Googling for my grandma, like um, basically like she asked me what a term was in the newspaper. And then like, I didn't know. So then I like Google it uh and then like figure out what the result is and then share with her you know like in a really concise way well in the future i just think of it as like basically having the cloud with all of like the internet stored stored uh in our brain like in a cloud you know what i mean so it's like if you don't like if you don't know what some term means then like we could both, like, do-do-do, like, just let it, just, like, think and then, like, wait for Google or whatever the search engine is to, like, return a term and then maybe we'll still have to do, like, some processing but then it's, like, right there and it's, like, really clear what it is.
1: Right. And it it's, uh, it's funny because we already do that, right? But that you're talking about is what he says, uh, increasing the bandwidth in which we're able to do that dramatically. Meaning we already kind of have like this digital uh, layer in a sense that like you have a computer or your phone or your applications and you can ask that and, and get the answer. But once you have a device that is feeding in that information, just like language that can get or in, expand the bandwidth at the same time, or, or quicker, then that speeds up communications. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if there's, like, you put a number on it right now. Um, so, yeah, it, it, he's, like, expanding the bandwidth basically of, of what's possible. And it's, uh the other thing I, I think about is, like, there's it's kind of a weird thought to consider that it's not like a bad thing that we're so connected to our devices and what just shifted how we thought about it. And instead of thinking that it's taking so much away from life, realizing that it's giving us so much instead it's, it's like increasing exposure. It's giving us novelty letting us have conversations that can like be continued when in the past they might have just halted if two people didn't have access to a certain type of information at the time so you can two two basically uneducated uh i mean you know they could be educated but like uneducated on a certain topic Mm -hmm. people who are having a conversation about something could take a couple minutes, do their own kind of like probing, and then continue based on what they found. And like, that's amazing. And that's speeding up. I mean, if you consider like the communication between us being like the core driver of progress, if you want to call it progress, then that's kind of the fundamental layer that, moves us onward. That's how I see it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you bring up a good point. Like the technology is often, or it's technology, social media, like they kind of all get lumped together and then they're portrayed as like the bad guy. But in so many cases, a lot of the technology and, and resources that we have access to, they're actually really good. And like you're saying. This kind of highlights that that's the case it's just a matter of like where we choose to allocate our time towards so if we're like choosing to i don't know like spend all of our time on social media or whatever then arguably that's not like the the best use of time but then if we just like divert that time to like youtube and or to like ted talks and we're like constantly learning something then maybe that's an excellent use of time, but it's just like all framed in however we, we choose to use it.
1: Yeah. And it's always, it's always contextual, right? Like you can't just say this is good information or bad information. It always depends.
0: Yeah. And then there's also like the entertainment value that comes from like, I don't know, funny, funny YouTube clips.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is valuable.
0: Yeah, it gives you a laugh, and and we might not have had the access to it if it wasn't on YouTube. Exactly. So, yeah.
1: But but I think um, I think like one of the things I'm most excited about with the development of this and how and how it's like unfolding is just I'm excited for people to get more interested in obviously neuralink, but like kind of more things, just neuroscience and and like about the mind and its relation to our everyday world I mean it's like it governs everything a- anything and everything that you're doing passes through your mind so it's extremely like daunting field to try and navigate and I think a lot of people have this perception that we just like as a as a whole, we don't know what we're doing when it comes to the brain. uh, Like, we'll never understand uh, what's going on or how to manipulate it to do the things that we might want it to do, even though we've already seen um, that that's extremely possible without any uh, direct brain manipulation or think of like, I mean, everything with that happening with the election and all kinds of different tactics that, like illusionists use and like there's so many ways to manipulate the mind so it's like when you hear that there's going to be something directly implanted in your brain you have this kind of sense of black mirror um black mirror episode i think he even said that in his last presentation he's like this is kind of sounding like a black mirror episode but what do you think when you like take a step back and you realize what like, what that means in context, I think it gets a little, it gets a little less scary, because there's so many things also that do those kinds of functions already. I mean, yeah, like, pharmacology is all about, like, uh, drugs for depression, drugs for anxiety, um, you name it, like, any consciousness, affecting drug is affecting what's going on in your mind and at the end of the day that's the only that that's all that's happening is just changes in your brain so why would we not want to move towards the direction of being able to do that more precisely and understand exactly what we're doing rather than using these like blanket approaches and just throwing at our brain that are wildly ineffective in at least a lot of the medical senses i mean like when you think of depression there are i don't have the exact numbers like off the top of my head but i mean there's a huge portion of people who are depressed that fall under the category of treatment resistant depression and that's also why you're seeing the rise the the re-rise uh psychedelics in the space of of treating those kinds of things um with like mdma uh being passed in the uk and i think that just there was like a, a big push for ketamine which is crazy like those things you hear off the top like when you hear the headline you're like there's no way that's insane like that's like a party drug but it's like well it's a lot better than what we have so take the stance of like what are we actually trying to do are we fix fix issues and move towards a better like a better world we can like understand what's actually going on then this is the perfect solution this is this is like the tesla model in a sense because the more people have a Neuralink in their mind the bigger their data set and the bigger the data set is the better the um uh, the better the outcome essentially like your 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 algorithms are only as good as the data set is so that's why Tesla has its I mean one of the reasons that it has like such a massive advantage is it has a millions of or however many people are driving these cars every day all around the world and it's just gathering, 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 gathering and in the same way like that's what's gonna happen with this is the more people that that get it, the, the more it's going to understand on the back end what's going on. And then we're going to be able to say, okay, we want this to happen. And there you go. So it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, long story short, it feels like a very natural um, part of our evolution to figure out like, what's the best way to solve certain ailments that we've had from the time we've alive as human
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you bring up so many good points and like yeah i definitely want to touch on like three of them so like the algorithms and like training the neural net i think is is huge the advancements for neuroscience in general that's like super motivating because like all the young people i mean like even for neuropod there's so many young listeners and i think it's just super cool that that's that's the case you know because like if i'm if i'm 12 years old and thinking about like what i'm what i'm interested in even it's like if somebody inspires me to think about like okay we're in 2020 and we still don't know that much about our bodies specifically we don't know that much about our brains like it'd be awesome to explore that i think that's i don't know to me it's like super cool that that's the case and then um, I think we should also eventually talk about like the concerns that people have because some of them are like really real and then some of yeah. them are just like blown out of proportion. But yeah, some of those are real. I think I um, yeah, the first one is, it, that I would like to touch, touch on is like the advancements for like neuroscience in general. Mm. And so like Max Hodak, the, the president of Neuralink like talking about this in the event, and then he references it on Twitter occasionally, but he talks about how like, maybe that's one of the coolest things that's happening. Like Elon and the team, a lot of these events, they're just doing it for human resource purposes to like motivate people who already have skills. But then really like that just trickles on down like to younger people because maybe they don't have the skills now But if they're also being inspired by what Neuralink's doing, then they're going to go figure out how to get those skills or they're going to just be like naturally interested and get those skills from being interested. So yeah, I'm curious like if you could just like talk more about how little we know about like the brain and stuff.
1: I mean, it's kind of a funny question because on the one hand, I want to say, like yeah of course we know very little because we can't you know have Neuralink now but at the same time we know a hell of a lot more than i think anyone realizes um but like i was saying before it, it's just it's a really thick barrier to entry um field when you're starting to think like oh, okay where do i start and i think that's where a lot of people get that impression because I hear that all the time. But then you go on to read accounts of like famous neurologists and like current um current understandings of like I mean even to the extent of like how is conscious mind constructed, there are extremely good answers basically and it's uh, you, you could have a a podcast on on that alone but um but yeah so to, to circle back it it's kind of like a twofold answer because on the one hand there's a ton that we still need to understand absolutely but um i mean man there's a lot going on right now that is extremely exciting and it would I think a lot of people would serve to benefit from understanding like what's going on like uh, so just to like name a couple there's so it's called uh I think it's called optogenetics but basically they can essentially get a brain state of a mouse. This is like already been done. They can like get a brain state of a mouse, um, and they can copy that into another mouse, and it can like basically trans a brain state. And it's through uh, like light light technology, I think. Wow. Is uh, crap. That, it's been a it's been a while since I've since I read that paper, but yeah during the day um but so that's like a huge field right now uh so there's like all these things like happening concurrently so optogenetics Mm -hmm. is one uh there's no um with like sensory substitution and augmentation um for if you have a modality a sensory modality like touch sight smell all those Mm -hmm. um If one goes down, uh, it's really well-documented that you can substitute in a device that loads data from one sense and gives it to another and helps you understand that. So I'll I'll simplify (laughs) that. So here's an example. So right now, just came out, uh, his name's David Eagleman. He's a, a neuroscientist at Stanford. And he came out with a device called Buzz, and it translates sound data into uh, a tactile feedback bracelet. That's just one of so many different options that you can uh, that you could build in order to understand sound data. So basically, if you're blind, um, and or sorry, if you're deaf, you can use. Bracelet or another kind of mechanism, like a, a vest or whatever, that would take in that auditory information. It would translate that into tactile, uh, tactile information, and it would start buzzing on your wrist and buzzing on your or, or buzzing on your chest. It would convey the same type of information that was around you uh, as someone who has normal hearing gets. And what's happening there is essentially, in the beginning, it's just random noise to the mind or to the brain. But over time, it learns to pick up patterns, because it's the brains like a general computing device. in in the most real sense we have, Mm -hmm. and it starts to learn to interpret that in practical ways in a surprising amount of time. So I mean, that's just one thing that's out right now. And that's just the start. But so not only can you go from like, auditory to tactile, but then you can go from visual to tactile or visual mm-hmm. to hearing, or um, I mean, you name it in terms of like what's able to be switched, but then you get into an even crazier area, which is like sensory addition. So things that we don't even have in our scope of perception, like mm-hmm. magnetic directionality, or
0: oh that's a cool
1: one or like UV light or infrared light or um any basically anything that is a data stream you can translate a data stream from a sensor you can translate into other type of sensory information that we can learn to interpret. So uh one of my favorites is talking about lidar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ba- it basically three D maps through I think that's also through light tech.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it can three D map an entire room or, or area, and then you can translate that data stream into tactile information, and you start to basically have Jedi sense of what's mm-hmm. going on around you in three hundred and sixty degrees after you train with that because your brain is plastic and it can change and learn to interpret that info- information that's coming in. So like those are just i mean that's scratching the surface and you could we could talk about these for hours alone but that kind of answers the the question of like advancements are happening in all these different places right now and it's kind of leading a, a concurrent, like some some or a, um, a an apex at some point, and I think in the same way that like technologies have been enabled by other technologies as we go, that's kind of what we're gonna see with these like brain machine interface type of situations where one one domain will make kind of a breakthrough and another other um, will see that and say, oh, we can use that. And that'll speed up our research and development process tenfold. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden things happen way faster than you could ever expect it to. Um, so that that's really exciting. And that's not even to mention like the other part of this with like gene editing and all the things that are happening with CRISPR technologies that also like bring into question all these like philosophical ponder, like what it really means to be a person and like, who are you? Are you your genes or your your development? So it's going to be a murky environment really soon, if not already. Um, But I think. These are starting to be more publicly talked about. Um, and I think right now it's kind of, it's almost a nice thing that it's not, not so public because I think things are dismissed before understood fully. So it's kind of fun to have these conversations now before there's a, an uprising against them. Mm -hmm. um but like you said like there's a a lot of things could come up that could be not so good (laughs) i don't know if that answered the original question
0: (laughs) yeah no it's so easy to go down like all these rabbit holes because it's like i don't know it's like interesting and fun and like literally everything's connected and um yeah so like i guess in terms of like the concerns so like now I, I'm spending an excess of time on Twitter and like sometimes I follow like what, uh, what has the hashtag Neuralink or tags Neuralink in, in whatever posts they're writing about. And so like recently there was an article that came out about Neuralink and there was some established journal. I, d- I don't think it was Forbes, but it was something, it was some, um some company that was like, pretty well established. And they, Oh, I think it was Reuters. They came out with an article talking about Neuralink in a pretty positive light. And then that same article was like tweeted out by a different company. And um, with Reuters, like all of the comments were super negative and super skeptical. They were like, don't do this because like, I don't even want to say, like, there was just so many different reasons. It was, like, (laughs) yeah, like, it was, like, I don't know. Religion was, like, a big one that came up pretty consistently. There was, like, God says, like, not to do this. And then there's another one that was, like, it's not going to be net good for your health because of X, Y, and Z. And then some other folks were, like, oh, this is – they came up with like conspiracy theories for like why this is warfare from different com- countries and then that same article was posted by a different company and like all the comments were really supportive and so Whoa. yeah and so i thought it was i don't know it's just like pretty interesting how like one article depending on like what the audience is can be taken in a totally different light and I think, I don't know. It just kind of leads to like another concern that I have about like news and information distribution in general. It's like now people have such a choice with what news they're consuming. And then it just like continues a cycle of like what they believe in, you know, and it like reinforces that. So like it's literally impossible to break out of that loop unless you deliberately choose to make sure that you have information that's allowing you to break out of the loop, It's like right. basically if you're only watching and only reading a certain s- specific skew to a, to news, you, you're gonna believe that thing.
1: Yeah, the the echo chamber is the
0: mm-hmm. the key word there. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I sorry. Finish, finish what. You,
0: no, yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, like, just with, like, concerns in general, I think there's a lot out there. And maybe we can talk about some of those? Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You Do you want, you want to start on that? Okay. Um, yeah, so I think, like, ethically is, like, one one way that I think people have legitimate concerns. And it just kind of t- is like what you were talking about with gene editing. Like, at what point do we draw the line? You know, it's like, at what point is a condition considered good to fix? So, like, with brain diseases, like, if or brain disorders, if somebody has Parkinson's disease, and it's, like, very noticeable, then I think most people would be like, okay, yeah, like, if we, if there's a way to safely prevent and reduce the symptoms of Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, then we should certainly do that. But then when it becomes like, okay, somebody has very slight dementia and Mm -hmm. they're like 150 or 120 years old, then should, should society as a whole or should Neuralink or should that family or that person choose to, to, fix the dementia and then right. what's the decision like if that same thing is happening to a 25 year old and then same thing with like the gene editing like at what point is it just a matter of preference versus like what's really necessary so to me like that's the biggest challenge is like drawing that line yeah
1: where's where's the What's in the gray area, and I think a lot of times, like most of it, is going to be in the gray area. But so, here's what I think. I I've come to naturally kind of circumvent that question um, for the most part because a lot of those, a lot of you might give to those kinds of questions when it comes to ethical concerns are almost always going to be wrapped up in some kind of worldview that you hold to be the best. So obviously religion is one of those. If your religion says a certain thing, you're probably going to be inclined to think uh, in the scope of the ethics of of those parameters. Um, if you're, if you're not religious, then, uh, you have your development and you have your experiences and you have your developed opinions on whatever you've seen so far. Um, because that's all you can know, all those based on your experiences and what you've read and, and understood at that point. So I like to dabble in, in both sides of the argument almost like for fun but my real opinion is and like i guess dominating thought on the matter is kind of this idea that progress like this is inevitable and regardless mm-hmm. of who thinks this is not ethical or it is ethical or where Line lies or even if there's a line my truest kind of belief is that these things are going to happen whether they're in the public eye or in some back lab so I would much rather than I would much rather this conversation unfold publicly through the eyes of, of companies and and people who are held accountable and with ethics boards and all these kinds of situations rather than stifling these things from the get-go so that they're forced into hiding and underground communities of biohackers and people who are gonna do these things regardless of whether or not your grandma wants them to have. And I think that's kind of like my overarching way of understanding the way humans are in general is, um, we we seek things with purpose and we are very curious and we always want to push to the next thing. And I don't think there's ever going to be a way of fully inhibiting that. And not only are we infinitely curious, but we're infinitely creative. So any, anything that comes along that tries to stop that, someone's going to find a way around it. So it's, it's a conversation that is absolutely worth having because there should be a way to roll things out. And I think uh, there is a better way to do these things. Like it's a gradient, not so much like a right or wrong, like a better way to maybe present these ideas to the public. But I do think it's, I think it's important to kind of understand, at the end of the day, things are going to happen. A perfect example is the baby that was already born, uh, gene-edited, in China. Um, There was a a professor who who just did it in exactly how it was described, like, in some back lab, published it, thought everyone was going to, adore him for, for having made this happen Mm. um, because he was so ahead of everything else. And then immediately everyone was like, no, 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 you (sighs) can't do this. You're stripped of your, of your rank and all these negative things. It it was just, it blew up, did it that. And and now that he's done it, we know it's possible, which Mm -hmm. means someone else is doing it and you're never going to know who's working on these things and where all the money's coming from and all the intricate details. So, so what's, I guess the, what I'm getting to is like, what's the sense in just continually kind of like, I want to use the word bitching.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Go for it. Use it. (laughs) Yeah. and,
1: and, just to say, like, I, I'm not accepting any change. The fact is, like, it's it's already happening. It's it's happened. Uh-huh. So the best thing you can do, the best thing anyone can do, is understand what's going on, and like, figure out how they fit into this whole ecosystem of, of change. Because I think the rate at which things are changing is increasing. I mean, a lot <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. the, to say the least and uh and I don't know if if we can keep up i mean we already can't keep up with what's going on i mean the the twenty four hour news cycle the hundreds of papers posted published every day in every different sub domain of every different major <laughs> it, there's no way to know everything going on yeah so i don't yeah so <laughs> as with most of these questions, these are very multifaceted and complex and you can take it down any road you want, but I think, I think it's going to happen. So might as well get on board.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. my, My mom says this too, is like progress is inevitable, you know? And so it's like, we basically just have to make sure resources are directed in a way that like, maximizes the probability of good outcomes. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And and then like I think I think another really important point too here with like the gene editing and then like neural links and stuff is like anybody at especially at the beginning it's all elective. So it's self-selecting for people who are willing to do this. It's like they're right. deliberately choosing. So it's not like it's being forced upon anybody and then they like people can kind of individually on their own navigate that gray area like if they think it's not a gray area and they're like willing to commit to it then they can choose and and they can they can even pay for it and then if somebody's like on the opposite end of the spectrum and maybe they even just have to wait like 3 to 10 years 20 years where the device is more mature then okay they they can choose from those
1: for themselves, too. Right. And I think another thing to also add to that is that even though we're talking about these things in a, a way that sounds like the future is now, this is all happening, like these are changes that are going to take a substantial amount of time and they're going to be gradual to the point where you're not necessarily noticing, unless you're following along pretty adamantly, all the different um, steps that. Again, like uh, in terms of like the advancement of all these things. You're probably gonna only see a couple big presentations from Neuralink and then maybe another company pop doing something similar, and maybe there's a little competition. So you'll kind of see like this very, very generalized view of what's actually going on. Um, but I don't think there's ever gonna be like this this line where it's like, today we don't have implantable devices and tomorrow we do. And then it's all of a sudden this like super race of people. Um, but it's all—I I can already hear the the voice of all the people who are saying, "It's you know it's going to be an issue for the first adopters." Even it is elective. I can already hear people saying that. That's kind of exactly the point. And then it's like, oh well, uh, you're just going to like let them be better than my kid does that mean my kids worth less so what if you yeah i mean what if you do it what if someone has uh, a neuralink in high school and wh- someone's tr- uh taking the sat and one person isn't like are they weighted differently do they have a higher standards like then you have to start thinking of all these sub issues that arise when the main issue is that this is happening and trying to prevent it is the problem in my opinion and trying to find a way to like like you said like maximum like for this to be a smooth transition is the best possible outcome yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's going to cause a lot of um disagreements mhm that's that is certain
0: yeah yeah. It's like, if it's like, we're basically at the root right now, or maybe, maybe we're already like up the bark of a tree or, or yeah. Or even like down some limbs, you know, and then, but there's still so much to explore. And so all these little subfields and different implications and stuff are, are going to be really interesting to explore. So I think for this episode, we should just wrap it up and then, um, Let's resume another time for part two. Does that sure. sound good? Yeah. Awesome. Any
1: Any any last little things, or should we just end it there?
0: Um, no. Well, I I was gonna leave it after, but thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, I'm like I'm excited that we were able to do this because it's fun to just like have a an open conversation about about Neuralink when like i know that you're interested in the company mm-hmm. versus like i just don't know like anybody else that is that like i personally know
1: right i i, th- I think that's insane because i'm, I know, I'm in the yeah. same way i feel like i'm i feel like i'm yelling at a at my tv like when uh, like your sports team loses when you are when you're talking to people about this it's like this is going to be the most game-changing one of the most game-changing technologies not just now but like literally in human history <laughs> yeah ever yeah. and no one's paying attention and, I, and I'm like <laughs> it, it's crazy that the the reactions you get you're like it, it's just like oh like that's that's crazy and then they just move on with their lives yeah like, no. what? Yeah.
0: yeah yeah I'm right there with you it's like Yeah, like I I think I started like, it was really when the Tim Urban article came out that I started like really thinking about like, how awesome Neuralink is. And, and then after reading it, it's like, it's a whole book, basically, like it's super long, but I love how he does it just like super nice, easy to understand, kind of funny presentation. And I mean, after that came out, and I read it, it was like, wow, this is, this is super cool. And then After a few months of just like having it, I don't know, like set in my brain, it was like, wow, this company is even more cool in my personal opinion than like Tesla, SpaceX, Boring Company. I mean, like Google, Amazon, despite that, I think like each of these companies are remarkable, literally changing like how humans live and just like super positively impactful for society still like not as cool as Neuralink could be
1: oh yeah no and i mean this is like these are changes that happened in our lifetime which is why it's so important to have a have an ear out for it right now yeah it's crazy <laughs> yeah. there's no other way to say it other than that um but yeah, I mean the the other thing, the very last thing I would say is like, while while Neuralink has kind of taken the spotlight right now because they're so far ahead of everyone else, I do think that um, it's inevitable. This is the the spark to speed up this kind of like domain of knowledge, um, and and implementation. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, Elon has a a really good track record of crazy ideas and making them scalable and bringing the people together who think like this and, and care about things as much and have the tools to make these happen um, together. So I don't see why this would be an outlier in any way. Um, and I, And there's just like an element of inspiration, too, that is is hard to it's hard to find and i think like he in his own very quirky ways he does a good job of of creating that in the world so i think it's happening (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that's a
0: good place to end it um and i think that's so true okay thanks thanks for
1: coming on byron